Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 352 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Elena Jordan. Elena lives in northern New Jersey, where she is a wellness advocate who specializes in the use of essential oils. Welcome, Elena. Hey, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to talk to you today. You know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? So in 2018... I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw an advertisement for some sort of, I don't know, intermittent fasting app. And I clicked on it. It seemed very complicated, a little expensive. And I thought, eh, this is not for me. But I thought, let me Google it and maybe something will come up. 
And the person who came up actually for me was Graham Curry. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love Graham Curry. Now, here's what's really, really funny. They've got some crazy ads on both yeah. Instagram and Facebook. Right. It's like intermittent fasting by finger length, intermittent yeah. fasting by, I don't even know, fill in the weird blank. But the thing about those weird ads, no, you do not need a special intermittent fasting plan by your finger length or the length of your toe or no. the length of whatever or any your zodiac sign. Right. No. Face measurement. Yeah. No. However, I love love that those crazy ads are planting the seed of intermittent mm-hmm. fasting. So thank you, crazy ads. Yes. <laughs> Don't buy those cra- things they're trying no. to sell you though, people. <laughs> so I love that you found Graham. So I found Graham. I listened to one or two of his podcasts. And as you can, you I mean, you know him, super enthusiastic. And yeah. I was just shocked actually by his story. Yeah. And look up his photographs. And then of course, he mentions you all the time. And I thought, okay, let me keep going. And I was actually on my way to a wedding. One of my nieces, I have a lot of nieces and nephews. And one of my nieces was getting married last July. And she, and I thought, wow, there's got to be a bookstore near here, not near home, went into the bookstore, found Fast Feast Repeat and started fasting that weekend. (laughs) I love it. So you didn't start till July of 2022? Correct. So I've been fasting. I actually just looked on because I now do use an app. Right. And 400 days. That's amazing. 400 days. I'm not anti-apps, by the way. (laughs) I just would not take their advice. Use them for what they are, for counting the starting and stopping or whatever they're good for. Use them as a tracker for the length of the fast. But I would be very, very cautious about taking advice from, especially if they're the weird finger tracking app. But also, you know, like some of the apps will be like, here's when you start ketosis and here's when you start autophagy. Ignore all that because our bodies are not like that. And there's no like timeline for your body when it's going to do those things. Just use it to help you keep track of your your window, your fasting, that sort of thing. It's a really good tool for a lot of people. So 400 days. Yeah. It's a, a big milestone. So my fast anniversary kind of just passed right by. I didn't even realize. And then actually a couple of nights ago, I was on the app kind of trying to figure out how long I'd been on and so on. And it was like 400 days. And I thought, wow, that's a long time. That's amazing. And you know what? It really speaks to me is that you weren't like counting down the days because it's like, this is just what you do. Yeah. So I have to say, having worked in natural health for a long time, I've always been a healthy eater. Mm-hmm. I came to healthy eating through my mom, who's always been uh, just concerned about eating natural foods and not eating processed. My grandmother before her on my mom's side, again, a lot of fruits and vegetables, just that was never my issue. I think two things. One was that I was overeating for my size. Right. I'm about five foot four and double portions were just my, my friend. But I also lived in a community where appearance is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I get so it. I, yeah. Right. I live right outside of New York and I know you live in the South where same thing, appearance, especially for women can be a really big deal. And so I managed my weight, I, th- I would say pretty successfully for most of my adult life. I can see as I look back on the pictures, because I've gone through a lot of the, what I'm going to self- call self-examination over the mm-hmm. years, and can see clearly whenever there was a stressful time, my weight would go up. You know, that that's the thing. Stress 
causes us to many changes in the body, but also we just, if we've been clinging tightly to like, let's say, for example, you're trying really hard, you've been monitoring what you eat. This is all pre-intermittent fasting, of course. You're like white knuckling it to keep your weight into the range that feels good. Something really stressful comes along. You lose that focus for a while. You're no longer, and then you're like, oops, (laughs) but it, it takes an awful lot of mental strength to white knuckle it through the traditional diet and exercise. Am I right? Yeah, no, it really does. And I found as I was, uh, I guess, as my kids were getting older, I was just kind of losing my focus. I didn't, you know, I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, oh my gosh, you look ancient. And it was just that, that kind of, I don't know, where am I going with this? How am I maintaining my weight? And I have to say, as part of my faith tradition, we, I've known about fasting my entire life. We fast during the season right before Easter, right. Catholics. And so that, that sense of, you know, been trained in fasting, almsgiving and prayer. But I, I never remember thinking that that was also a way for me to maintain my health. I thought it was more of a religious practice, if you will. And so right. when we found out about intermittent fasting and realized, no, this is really something that you can do every single day. And that is helpful. It's not crazy. Yeah. The other thing I have to mention is, so I want to back up just a little bit because this is is kind of a funny, a funny part of the story. One of my kids rode a school bus for a long time. And on the school bus, my daughter was an eighth grader. There was a little girl who was a kindergartner. And every morning the kindergartner was nervous. And my daughter would say, no, no, don't be nervous. Come and sit by me. It's going to be okay. And they rode the bus like this for, I guess, several weeks or months, or I don't even know. And all of a sudden, I get a call at home, and it's another mom. And she says, you don't know me, but your daughter's been so nice to my kindergartner. I just wanted you to know. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what a nice thing to do. As a result of that, we became friends. She's a a nutritionist. And she told me about, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, um, about Prolon. So, okay, um, what you're talking the prolon is the um fasting mimicking diet. Yes. Um, exactly. Dr. Walter Longo, he he came up with that. He was actually researching fasting and how fasting helped with chemotherapy and other things. Funny part of that story is he actually developed the fasting mimicking diet because he thought actual fasting wouldn't go over very well. <laughs> Which I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because what we know is that a lot of people kind of think the fir- their first reaction is, wait, what? Fasting. It's too extreme. But I actually think real fasting is easier than mimicking fasting, oh, honestly. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I disagree 100%. with him on that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And yeah. so I actually did a few rounds of Prolon, but what it did was for me, and look, n- I'm not knocking Prolon. It's, you know, he's a very professional program. I think that it did a couple of things for me. Number one was it explained to me what fasting was all about, which the is health when you're not eating, you're literally not eating. You're drinking water or drinking black coffee. He makes that right. super clear. And then I think the second thing was, as a result of hearing about that program, I began to do more scientific research about, you know, I'm, I, I consider myself a lifelong learner. Yeah. And so I love that, that digging aspect 
you know, finding out what's it all about, what's the background. And that was and one of the reasons why I loved Fast Fist Repeat was because I felt like there was so much science in there and there was that background. And I love the fact that, you know, you really did your homework, Jen. So, you know, my hat's off to you. I have to say it's a fabulous book. I've recommended it so many different times. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. My goal was to get the information out there as a teacher, right? I'm a teacher. I'm not a scientist. (laughs) I'm a teacher. And so, you know, could I have made some mistakes in interpreting the science? Of course, I'm not a scientist. I actually, though, have actually found errors in science journals where one scientist misinterpreted another study. And it it happens. Everybody makes mistakes. But I did the best I could to present the information in a way that even if I did make mistakes, it's presenting the idea that this is a very healthy way to live. Mm -hmm. Fasting Mm -hmm. has so much to offer us, you know, and I'm looking at, like, I just got some photos back. I've got some professional headshots. My friend, Jackie Friel, thank you so much, Jackie, for taking those photos of me. But I was comparing the photos she took of me this spring Mm -hmm. to one that I had taken in 2018. So it's been like five years. Okay. Yeah. The photo that's on the back of Fast Feast Repeat was taken in 2018. And so I'm going to use the new photos on my new book coming out in December. But five years, I look, I think I look better in 2023 than I did in 2018. And that speaks to the healing power of the clean fast and how well I am, how well I'm aging also. So I have to show you, um, apropos of uh, crazy photos, this is me in 2017. I know sometimes you do the face-to-faces. Can you see this? I can. Look at there. Wow. When was that taken? 2017. Oh, my gosh. I wish y'all could see it. She's a little photo photo of her on her phone. You look so much younger now. Crazy. I mean, this looks like my older sister. It does. Or like your mom. I know. Crazy. (laughs) But, But that's the thing. You know, we're living a a lifestyle that is great for longevity. It's great for health. We feel so good. And, you know, I I shared my new photo on Instagram because I was so excited about it. And in the comments, somebody's like, I heard fasting is bad for women our age, bad for our hormones. I'm like, does it look like it's bad for Do I look like someone who's? No. I mean, you want to look at someone who had bad hormones. Look at a picture of me from 2014 before I started fasting. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I looked so, so unwell. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that over time you see the, what I, so when I first started fasting, I had that feeling of, and I think many people have this hurry up and get the weight off, right? Right. Get it off as fast as possible. And so that was my first impulse. But then I realized after I was a few weeks in or maybe a few months in, it was more the sense of this is like a ball of wool that's unraveling. Oh, or maybe that. an onion that's being peeled back. So some of the things that I had, you know, health issues that I had maybe struggled with were able to just kind of unravel. The other thing that I found was that I had to deal with a lot of what I'm going to call maybe social emotional ideas about eating and the structure of my day. So I have to say, I went through the questions at the back of Delay, Don't Deny. I mean, subsequently, I wind up getting all your books and reading them and so on. But delay, don't deny the 30 questions at the back yeah. were a life changer for me. Well, I'm so glad. I'm proud yeah. of those little questions I have in the back of delay, yeah. don't deny. Doesn't the teacher in me just come right out in there? Well, yeah. Amen, sister. <laughs> I feel like those questions really help you 
you know, think about. And what I didn't do was rip roar through them and just say, oh yeah, well, this is this and this and that. Yeah. I kind of took a f- really months almost. And every time I felt like I was struggling or I needed a little bit of a boost, I ripped out one of those questions and I went through it and I kind of thoughtfully answered it. And then I wrote it out all in a journal. It took a while. I don't even know if I got to 30. I got to, I want to say about 22 or so. But my intention was that I wanted to unwind what I needed to unwind. Because I have to say, I don't know about how you felt, but in the first, I would say even six months, that feeling of almost like loss, which was so crazy, right? You have so much more free time. It's like your food was your friend. Mm -hmm. It was always there. It was kind of accompanying you. So now how are you, how are you supporting yourself? How are you supporting your family? How are you showing love and caring? And food is a way, you know, throughout history and through every culture that we use food as a way to support our relationships. And so when you take that out of the equation for at least a large period of time, you have to show up more, right? That is so true. I love that you're talking about that because it's not just even the food. It's also the beverages that we comforted ourselves with throughout the day. Like so many people that struggle with the idea of black coffee because they've been using the the creamy coffee Mm -hmm. as social emotional support. Because mm-hmm. it's comforting, it's creamy, it it feels so good. And then there, once you you you're like you're stripping your day down to plain yeah. water, black coffee, plain tea, you're stripping away a lot of things, and you're you're left with, huh? What do I do now? Yeah, yeah. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I also think that 
the time component, like I'm not shopping in grocery stores as much. I'm not reading as many recipes. I'm not searching out the next food that I'm going to be eating. It's very much my, the beginning. And I'm a, I'm a later afternoon eater. So mm-hmm. say between, I don't know, five and seven, more or less, you know, I'll probably open my window about four with a bunch of vegetables. And then I'll go on and have a meal with my family usually. And most of the time it's my husband and I, my, my kids are big earth. They're not totally out. I have one college student and one, both my kids live in Texas though, which is kind of okay. Nice. Yeah. But that idea that in those beginning hours, you get up, you start your day, you start a project, you begin to work and your focus is different and it's not totally on food. Now, I can't say that in all 400 days, I woke up every morning and never thought, oh, I'm going to go to the kitchen and fry an egg now. There are plenty of days where I woke up and thought, oh yeah, uh, let me just go make some breakfast for myself. And then I thought, oh no, I'm an intermittent faster. I don't eat breakfast or I don't eat right now. Yeah, it's true. Like I live... um obviously in a resort community here next to the ocean. And when I drive from my house to my work condo, it's about Mm. a mile. And I pass by this one place that has like breakfast and people are out enjoying it, open air, having the breakfast. And so I drive by and I'm like, what would it be like to go have breakfast right there? And like, but I don't do that. (laughs) But you do have those thoughts. You're like, I could, I could if I wanted to. But I'm like, "Uh." (laughs) ah. No. It does give you such a different focus, but I drive right by it and there's always people there having having something at any time of the day that I drive yeah. by. Yeah. And if you wanted to eat, and I know many people said this, if you wanted to eat breakfast food mm-hmm. later in the day, you could. You absolutely could. So when you started, what was your motivation? Was it weight loss? Was it just simplifying? Was it health? I would say primarily weight loss and that feeling of being a little bit lost. Okay. That, you know, you're getting to, you know, you're an empty nester now. And wh- what's your next step? You know, I've been doing what I've been doing for a long time. You know, you mentioned in the beginning that I've been a wellness advocate and a health advocate for over 20 years now, mostly working with essential oils. The idea that we can control to a large extent our own health destiny. I feel like if we take better care of ourselves, and that's kind of a a recurring theme, I, I would say, with everybody that I work with or everybody that I talk to. If you take better care of yourself, you really are going to have a, a longer and greater um, health expectancy or a, a health span yeah. as opposed to just a lifespan. So I love that phrase. The, the shifting from the idea of lifespan to health span, I think, is very, very powerful because you know I'm watching some members of my own very close family suffer from very serious health conditions right now. And it's a really, it's a wake up call to me. You know, what's the saying? Genetics loads the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you look at your relatives, the older generation, your parents, your grandparents, you can see what's all throughout your genetics. Mm -hmm. But the way that we live has such a powerful effect when it comes to how those genes express themselves. Mm -hmm. So the motivation becomes wanting to have a health span. Yeah. So how much weight did you, would you say that you needed to lose when you started? I wasn't sure exactly when I started. And I have to say my expectations maybe were a little bit low. I know. Well, that's okay. (laughs) I came into it thinking, well, even if I can take off five pounds or whatever, but I wound up taking off, I wound up losing 30. Awesome. And I would say now I'm in maintenance. I started at about 166, 168, and now I'm about 138. And for me, that's the right size 
I'm five foot four, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also 61. And so I feel like that it's just, you know, I, I don't have to be, I don't know, 128 the way I was when I was 15 or 17 or whatever. And I'm also much, much smaller than I was at this weight, let's say, I don't know, 20 years ago. That is body recomposition in Mm -hmm. action right there. And the whole idea that we, you know, we maintain our muscle mass and preferentially burn fat through the the clean fast. Our body finally can see the fat, get to the fat. Insulin is low, burn burning it. Um, I've just started jumping on my rebounder more. Oh, yeah. Intentionally, I pulled it out of where it was in storage and put it right in the living room of the condo, so I can't miss it. My calf muscles are like like I'm sh- I'm like look at my calf muscle. Oh my I was showing gosh. it to Chad just from jumping yeah. on the rebounder. So it's so good for your lymphatic system too. Oh yeah. I was so, I saw something today. I was just scrolling, it might have been Instagram, scrolling Instagram and it was like the ways to boost, you know, your lymphatic system and number one was use a rebounder, but you know, watching, you know, my my dad is not well right now, watching him be so feeble, right? As we mm-hmm. age and we haven't used our muscles, I feel I'm like, okay, this is making me feel like I'm going to intentionally work on being strong mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. long as I can, yeah. you know, jumping on the rebounder, walking on the beach, swimming in the ocean, using weights, keeping my arms strong, core strength, anything we can do. You know, I'm only 54. Mm-hmm. I say only because I we've got decades ahead of us, don't we? Yeah. That's what I'm hoping, right? I also feel like we try, you know, we want to take steps to kind of improve our health as we age. I know you interviewed a a fitness coach. He was actually owns a gym a couple of episodes ago. And one of the things that he talked about was adapting as we age. And I thought that is so absolutely true. I feel like, you know, we, we think that we're going to be able to do what we did when we were 25 until we're 105. And that's so far from the truth. But it also, I think, means that as we put down each stage or we pass through each stage, we need to find new things to pick up. It's and true. so, right, you're talking about the rebounder. I know you're a person who's worked out on a vibration plate for many oh, years. Ever, I, I use that all the time. The yeah. only reason I didn't use it yesterday is because I thought about using it, but Chad was on it. Ellie was in my lap, my cat. And I'm like, well, I would be using it right now, but it's almost bedtime. Chad's on it. I'm sitting with the cat. Oh, well. So I didn't use it yesterday, but I will use it today. I'm going to get on there before Chad. (laughs) I have to say you recommended it in the chat group and I'm just loving it. It's amazing. I'm glad you're loving it. I really feel like that's going to be effective for keeping, you know, balance is one of those things as we age, we lose our balance, our our ability to to do all that. So I think both the jumping and the vibration plate are shown to help with that and also to help with bone density. Preserving our bone density is so important. Yeah. I think that one of the things that I've also learned through this whole process is the how we manage stress. So stress mm-hmm. doesn't go away because we start intermittent fasting. True. You know, right at sort of at the beginning of my journey, I mentioned that I started fasting in 2022 in July. And my mom went through a very bumpy health road at the end of last year. I mean, to the point where, you know, the doctors at one point were, you know, calling all the family, this is right. the end. I'm an only child. And that was extremely oh, yeah. stressful. And I remember there were nights, I know this sounds insane, but I would come home and I would think, and I was already fasting and I'd been fasting for several months. I either want to sit down and eat a bag of bagels or I want to drink a bottle of gin. Now no, I, I get it. Right. I didn't do one of those things, but the impulse as I was leaving the hospital for just 
soothing was food. I was just so incredibly strong. Thankfully, I had a bit of a drive, not not huge, but at least 10 or 15 minutes until I got back to my house. And I was able to kind of calm that influence, that the, that impulse, if you will, and then talk through it maybe with my family. And I found that, you know, I realized how strong the I don't know, our urges can be. Well, it's true because we we are hardwired from birth to seek comfort, you know, and, and, you know, depending on what coping mechanisms we might have, we develop our coping mechanisms over life and our brain pathways, like we can be, you know, wired to, okay, it's going to be chips or, okay, it's going to be ice cream or it's going to be wine, whatever it is that, that you, your body, you know, reach your, your brain tells you to reach for. For me, hard day, I reached for the wine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I don't drink anymore, but it really was something I had to think about, like going through some stressful time. And I'm like, you know, having wine every night to help me deal with this stress is actually making me feel worse. It's not fixing the stress, but instead I wake up and I feel worse in my body mm-hmm. than if I had just not had it. So yeah. I know it was hard. How's your mom now? She's good. She's stabilized. As a result, she had congestive heart failure, which you know mm-hmm. is kind of that filling up fluid. We're going body. through. I'm going through that exact same thing with a parent right this minute. It's not easy, is it? No, it's not no. easy at all. And but I have to say, with better care and more attention, good. My mom, not as a result of intermittent fasting, because my mom's, let's say, my mom's cognitive abilities are very compromised at this point. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, but my mom has lost almost sixty pounds. Wow. And so that weight loss has allowed her to kind of, you know, become a little bit more mobile to be able to be able to, you know, she's living in a facility now. She lives in a, my mother is 93. Wow. 93. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that she's more, more able to get around and yeah, losing, losing all of that. It's a lot. Weight is a lot, but being able to move around and get around and that helps her not fall. So many things. Yeah. And so, and she's able to, I don't know, get plugged into the activities that are in her center. She lives in a nursing home, but you know, if they have crafts or they have cooking or whatever they do, she's able to do those things. Whereas before it was all about, can I get another breath? Right. Right. Yeah. That's really scary to watch as a child, isn't it? Yeah. And it's really, I think when you don't, you have no point of reference, like you don't know, where does this go? You know, how, how is this unraveling? So I think the ability to deal with those kind of stresses, those extreme stresses, and you've mentioned this many times, the body doesn't know good stress from bad stress. Right. Right. So you go through those stresses. I use a lot of essential oils when I'm feeling stressed. I use things like, you know, the basics like lavender, lemon, lemon mm. and peppermint. I'm not ingesting those during my eating window, when during, during my fasting. fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I find that during my fasting window, if I am feeling stressed or I feel like maybe I'm doing an ADF day, let's say, a down day, that I I can't really settle down or sleep at night, I can use essential oils on the soles of my feet or maybe just smelling some to kind of get me past that feeling of, I want to eat something right now. And so I like that I have um, I have a tool, right? You always have that. tools. Uh, let's talk about soles of your feet for a minute because oh. I, you know, we've all heard that. Like Vicks Vapo Rub, for example, I can remember people saying, "Oh, you got to cough, put Vicks Vapo Rub on the bottom of your feet and put on the socks." That's like yeah. the old home remedy. So, mm-hmm. essential oil on the feet is effective. Yeah. You're saying on the soles of the feet. Well, there's a couple of reasons. I'll go back to the ancient Chinese reason. Okay, 
um, which is that we have uh, reflexology points right. on our foot. And if you yep. look at your foot, the big toe is sort of like the head and yep. the side of the foot is almost like the spine. And then all of the internal organs are off to the side. Now, I always say to people, don't get hung up on that because people will say, well, where exactly is my liver? And I always say, you know, just take a few drops of essential oil, slap them on, you're going to get all the organs and your body is so intuitive. So your body knows exactly what it needs. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling that sort of stress, you know, if you, what I'm calling diverse stress or diverse anxiety, then being able to apply on either your pulse points or maybe on the back of your neck, which is your brainstem, soles of the feet, maybe over your heart or on your shoulders, all of those things I think are, are positive ways for us to influence and, and relax ourselves. We need those coping mechanisms. We're all under stress for different reasons, right? Everybody has stressors oh, yeah. in their lives, right? And I think having another tool that's not an eating tool right. is so so effective. I think so too. And and you're right. You know, if if for, you know, for the people who have eating as their hardwired in tool, to switch that up and find other things, essential oils, tapping. Have you ever looked into I tapping? Have, yes. By the yeah. way, your your mug and or my your cup and my cup. Look, we're both using monogram Tervis tumblers yes. with our monogram oh, on yes. it. I can't believe you have the same one. I know we have the exact same tumbler, everybody. It's Tervis Tumbler monogrammed with our personal monogram, but mine is navy blue and hers is green. Green. Oh, That's so fun. I love Tervis. Yep. Anyway, I just had to show you that. Yeah. By the way, I just have to tell you that everybody, you're going to have to hear me say this This is veering off topic. But if you look at my monogram, Mm -hmm. I have got the perfect monogram. There's two in the South. We know a lot about monograms. There's two ways you can monogram when you're married. When you're a married woman, you can monogram with your first name. In the middle goes your married last name, and then you can either use your middle initial, whatever that might be, or your husband's name. So my monogram can either be Virginia Calhoun Stevens or Virginia and Chad Stevens. Oh, wow. So I've got the perfect monogram. Anyway, I just just had to say that. But the the woman's name always comes first. Sorry, everybody. That's I I cheated a little bit. Uh Uh-oh. The, I got to say this. So my maiden name is Ostrowski, okay. right? So it should be over here, like you oh. know, far left. But when you do a round monogram, it looks like a D. It looks weird. Well, I get it because the V looks a little weird in the, yeah. in the round monogram, but I just had to go for it. Okay. <laughs> got it. And that's so fun. Anyway, mm-hmm. now everyone has learned something about monograms mm-hmm. they may not have known. But <laughs> I, I love that you're you're using your your toolbox of different strategies for managing stress. And that's what I would really encourage everybody to do because every single day in the community, there's somebody who's like, I'm going through something really, really stressful, so I've completely stopped fasting. And that is not going to help you manage your stress better. It's actually going to add a layer of additional stress because in your mind, you don't want to quit fasting, but you're quitting, you're stopping. And so now you're like, adding the stress of not living up to your own expectations of what you should be doing. And so now you're like extra stressed. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that diagram that's called the stress buckets? Have you no. ever seen that? But it sounds almost like it might be the toxin bucket. Tell me about it a little bit. And I'll yeah, tell you if it's the so same thing. I may have a picture of it just so I can show it. But uh, the concept of the stress bucket is that we let things come in, but we also need a release valve. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then, and I found out about this many years ago, I actually broke a toe and I went to see a woman orthopedist and she said, 
she was one of the first people who said to me, what's going on with you? Because pe- you're, people your age don't usually break toes. It's usually a, kid, a thing that kids do. They're running around, they have no shoes on. And at the time, there was a lot of stressful things going on in our house. And she kind of sat down and she really listened, which I think, look, Jen, if I can give you one, one really big compliment is that I think that these, you know, all of your podcasts are about listening to your audience, about hearing yeah. what they have to say. And people need to be heard. They really oh, yeah. want to, they want to feel that there's somebody listening to me, somebody telling my story. That's one of the most basic human needs. Yeah. One of them, this is me as a teacher knowing this, yeah. one of the most, with children, both yeah. most basic human need, knowing that you're heard and understood and appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, you, when you sit down to listen to, to interview someone, you're listening to their story, you're really hearing them and it comes through in everything. Thank you. Every single podcast. I just love it. I'm loving the new podcast with you and Sherry. It's Thank amazing. you. I love it too. Yeah. We're having so much fun. So you you had broken your toe. What did the doctor say? Doctor was like the first one. Instead of just saying, oh, you need an x-ray and here's what you do. And you tape two toes together. And I had been an athlete for you know most of my young adult life. And I knew about taping toes. I mean, we used to tape them up with duct tape and stuff. Oh, I broke a toe and stuff. Buddy tape. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Buddy tape. And she was the first one who said, what's going on in your life? And like really listened. And then when I told her at that point, family member was sick or whatever it was that was going on in that moment, she said, you know, let me show you this about the stress buckets. And then as a result of that, there's a whole list of things. And you may want to Google that stress buckets or a way to release the valve. It's like the concept of releasing a tension valve. Yeah. And I think you know, when we feel that we're part of a community, that's the other thing. So going back to like the DDD community, delay, don't deny community, I'm a member. I have to upgrade to annual. I haven't done it yet. I'm like doing the month to month still, but I'm on. It's that idea that other people have walked this path. You're not alone. Yeah. It's so, it's so crucial. And the whole idea that, that, you're not failing if you have a bad day or if yeah. you have a week that's not like you planned it to be and that everybody's been there. Mm-hmm. I've had bad days. I still do. Always will. Make yeah. weird choices. Mm-hmm. It took me years to get to where I am right now. Years. Mm-hmm. You know, and and nobody gets there overnight and nobody gets there alone. The power mm-hmm. of community, I think, is really – I mean, if I hadn't been managing communities since 2015 – would I have had the long-term success that I did? I don't, I don't know. I feel like being a part of a community has helped me as much as it's helped anybody that's in the community. Honestly, it's helped me see the magic of intermittent fasting. If I was just alone doing it, would I still be doing it? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would like to think the answer is yes, but I don't know. Mm, yeah. I don't know. You know, there's a, a book by Graham Greene called The Power and the Glory. Mm-hmm. And it's about a priest who gets separated from his community, his faith community. And he's basically wandering in the jungles of Mexico because there's a persecution of the Catholic Church. And he winds up and look, he's not a, a figure to be admired. Right. But um, I'm a member of a book club. And this is one of the books that we read a couple of years ago. And one of the things that he that he talks about is how he's been separated from his community. And he mentions that over and over again. And one of the questions that came up or the discussion topics during our book club was, if you were separated from your community, could you keep the faith? 
And it was literal in this case because it was a priest. But right. I think it absolutely applies to intermittent fasting. If you were separated from your community, could you keep the faith? Could you stay yeah. in it? Yeah. I, that's really, really important. And also, you know, to, to go back to what, what I spoke to earlier about on Instagram when someone said something about women and hormones and fasting not being, you know, quote, good for our hormones, which, of course, I don't agree with. But you can listen, you can venture from your support community into the naysayer world of people yeah. saying, oh, if you do fasting, it's going to eat up all your muscle and it's bad for your hormones and it's going to make you be extra stressed and it's going to whatever, whatever, you're going to just build on fat. And the more you fast, fat, fast, the more fat your body. No, <laughs> but you can venture out of your community to a place where someone is saying something that is, you know, not founded on science or whatever it is. And, and you can lose the faith. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not that fasting is a religion. Obviously it's not, but you can literally any topic you could think of, we could find people who are saying the opposite it, very convincingly. Like whether we're talking about the earth, earth is flat, the earth is round. There are people very convincingly making arguments that <laughs> the flat earthers, hello. People very convincingly make yes. arguments about every topic yeah. out there. And you can go down rabbit holes and be like, oh, maybe this one is true. Because mm -hmm. they say it so emphatically with just enough conviction that it sounds right. So mm -hmm. when it comes to fasting, I don't want you to ascribe to the church of fasting or the church of Jen Stevens. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> but what I want you to ascribe to is the study of one and trusting your body and how you feel you know, and how you feel over time. Nobody can tell me that the way I feel right now is, is bad. Yeah. I, I would say there are there moments, especially in the beginning. I remember when I first started going into ketosis, I actually get sort of a metallic taste in my mouth yeah. and I find that I almost clench my jaw. Oh, I've heard that from people before. You have. Okay. Yep. And so for me, that's my sign. Oh, I'm going into ketosis. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to, at this point, I kind of don't even pay attention to it as much. It's just, that's what my body's doing. But in the beginning, I would have all of these crazy thoughts, you know, is this normal? Should I do this? And so on. And you can get on the internet and start looking up a thousand things True. and you can really go down a rabbit hole. I mean, I have to say one guy that's been amazing who I've never heard actually mentioned, and I know you did your plant-based experiment um, about what is it? Four, six months ago, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was October through December of 2022. Okay. Yep. Michael Greger, you know, I'm plant based yeah. and Dr. Michael Greger and his kind of plant based is how not to die and how not to right. diet. Yep. He talks about intermittent fasting a bit. He's not an intermittent fasting guru like you are, Tim Spector or some other people are, um, Peter Atia, but you know, his his research and his dedication to detail, to the fundamentals, you know, he leaves no stone unturned. Um, I remember when during COVID, actually, I read his two books, How Not to Die and How Not to Diet. And I got to say, my hat's off to him. He's an amazing guy, super smart. The books are, some of them are a bit of a slog, like a little. <laughs> I have both of those books yeah. in my library. Okay. Yeah, I do. My Kindle library. Yeah, you know, I'd be yeah. reading at 10 o'clock at night and my head would be, you know, <laughs> Snapping <laughs> forward because I couldn't keep it all in together. But you had a lot of time during COVID to read. So I got through them both. But, you know, his perspective, if you will, and, and tireless ability to kind of say, this is where we're going towards whole foods away from processing, you know, that there are tweaks that you can make. You know, 
But there are people out there that say he's a quack. You well, know? that would be, yeah, because they have a different agenda. Yeah. And, you know, I can go on to PubMed right yeah. now. PubMed yeah. is like if you're trying to find scientific, whatever, it is, any kind of scientific journal articles related to health, PubMed. So when you want to find out about something, type in the topic, followed by the word PubMed, and it'll take you to studies about it. And so you can type in so many different things with PubMed and find opposite, the opposite stuff right there in the published literature. How can there be the opposite? So, you know, you can t- you can read from very emphatic doctors who are telling you you should be a carnivore slash keto, and they're going to give you so many stories of people who have had healing those ways. On the other side, they're going to be equally as learned doctors who will tell you whole food plant-based is the way to be and here are all their success stories and health markers. And so what ha- what, what what matters is are they getting results? Are people getting better? What are the health markers? And also I'm a big believer, of course, you know, in bioindividuality, but I've kind of ventured back to the whole food plant-based path lately, just, you know, also with you know, my family's health scare situation going on. And I'm thinking, what makes me genuinely feel my best? Yeah, And that's that's what's the most important. By the way, for anybody who's interested in, you know, there's somebody in the whole food plant-based world, Joel Furman. Oh, he's, yeah. He's also, his book called Fasting and Eating for Health mm-hmm. is is a good one because he's big on fasting for healing, but also the power of food. And I don't care which end of the spectrum you're on, whether you're on the keto carnivore side or whether you're on the whole food plant-based side, people are, are on both sides are saying eat real food, yeah. Yeah. real food. It's the ultra processed food that is the problem. It's it's not the real food on either end that's the problem, but you, to figure out how you feel your best, experiment with all the different real food and see what makes you feel good. That's how you know. I think also being patient with people. Yeah. Like I grew up with a, a tradition of eating whole foods. That's what we did in our house. And it was it would have been foreign to us to have processed foods in our house. And I kind of carried on that tradition. But you can walk into any supermarket and see people kind of struggling with labels. And I, I think one of the beautiful things about the community is each person kind of comes to the table with their own traditions, their own history, their own desire, their own eating patterns. Mm-hmm. And all of those are honored, which is one of the reasons I love the community so much. It's a very decent group. It's a really supportive, they're, they're they have high ideals yeah. and there's not, there's a lot of support. There's no criticism. There's, you know, a lot of, I, I've infrequently come up and said, Hey, could anybody support me on this? But I read the comments and what people are saying. And it's just so incredibly beautiful. You know, each and every person just weaves together in such a way. And that's, you know, that's a testament to you and to the moderators. It, it just, it, it's remarkable to me. No. And I'm going to say we don't we don't have to moderate to the yeah. point that we're not in there going right now. When we were on Facebook, we Ooh. had to watch it like a hawk because it was not the same. So anybody who remembers the Facebook days and how well-mannered the group was, behind the scenes, we were doing a lot of work to keep it that way. It was not easy. We don't have to do that in the community because people are just – the people who find their way there – they, they come because they understand that we're a community that supports bioindividuality. We have people there who are eating in a carnivore style because they find that feel that's how it feels the best to them. We have people who are whole food plant-based. That's how they feel the best. Also people who are vegan for ethical reasons right. and everybody in between, including people who are still 
embracing the standard American diet, but they've added fasting. Every step, we understand in our community that every step you take towards better health is a good step. Whether it looks like you're only putting your Diet Coke in your eating window now to you're trying to get rid of the Diet Coke completely or, I mean, wherever you are along the journey, because all of us remember how far we've come and and that we're empowered to make our own choices and to know what makes us feel the best. I will never argue with somebody about, you know, how they're choosing to eat in their eating window because if they know it makes them feel good, they are right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're all empowered to, to figure that out. So, I, you know, you mentioned before that um, health, you, you said something about your health issues. Tell us some of the your health health benefits that you've seen or any health issues that you've managed to find improvement with. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. So I had one crazy one, which I completely don't understand. But throughout my adult life, whenever I would go for a pedicure, the the mat, the pedic, the person doing the pedicure would say, oh my gosh, your feet are terrible. They have so many calluses. And it got to the point where it's almost like a joke. And when I started intermittent fasting, all my calluses went away, which is so crazy. And now I've not had that benefit. I've got calluses on my heels and actually I'm feeling them right now and they feel really good. But Chad has suddenly taken an interest in my feet and my calluses. I'm not complaining. Nobody tell him if you see him. But so it's like an excuse for him to rub my feet. So I'm like, would you work on my feet? So like several times a week, he like, quote, works on my feet. Okay. I don't care if I have cow's feet, but fasting is not taking away my my feet calluses, but Chad is rubbing my feet and it feels nice. That's so sweet. It is sweet. sweet. But so your calluses went away. I can't say that worked for me, but. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other things. I would say um, maybe better sleep. I'm sleeping Mm -hmm. better than I was before. After I was able to kind of work through some of the, I feel like I, I became less stressed in general. So fasting wasn't, you know, wasn't a stressor. It was a way for me to handle different things. I love that. And, and I love that you're mentioning stress because there's, you know how people just repeat things and they repeat them over and over. Like for example, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That is something that has been repeated so many times that everyone just believes it's the truth until you realize it isn't. Also the whole drink eight 
eight ounce glasses of water a day or more is better. Also, that's just been repeated so many times that people believe it's true. When it comes to fasting and stress, for some reason, everybody says fasting increases your cortisol. Fasting is bad if you're stressed. That's another one that just keeps getting repeated over and over again. And people will ask me about it. For me, for example, I feel less stressed thanks to intermittent fasting. You would probably say the same thing for you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so like everybody who repeats, I heard fasting makes your cortisol go up. And if you're stressed, you shouldn't do it. Well, I've actually had my cortisol tested over the years a few times just as part of routine blood work. My cortisol, if fasting made you more stressed and made you have elevated cortisol, you would expect mine would be elevated, right? For all the years I've been fasting, nope, I'm on the low end of normal every single time. So just because you hear something does not mean it is true. And all that really matters is you. Someone that's doing fasting, like over fasting and not nourishing their body properly and also doing, I don't know, CrossFit and doing all these, fasting could then add up and affect you negatively on top of all the other things. But that's if you're overdoing it. So the key is, is relaxing into the lifestyle, I think. Yeah, I felt, you know, just the changing sizes. I feel like going from, I was about a size, I want to say about a size 12, and now I'm about a size 4, sometimes even mm-hmm. smaller, or maybe even a 2 in jeans and stuff. And so that kind of shrinking took away a lot of my stress over what do I wear? Does it right. fit from last year? Is this too tight? All those kinds of things. So that was a whole, you know, like that went out the window. And I finally kind of like relaxed into myself. It was really like, oh, I love that. Like an awakening almost, which is really cool. A lot of things that I had, part of that was the fact that my kids now are basically out of the house, but things that I had put down years ago, like maybe gardening or other interests that I had because I have more time on my hands, right? I'm not cooking, shopping, eating, whatever, all the time. I was able to actually pick back up again and really enjoy. And I didn't, I didn't have to retire. I didn't have to, you know, I'm still working. I'm, you know, but I was able to break up my day and say, okay, you know what? This is something that I'd like to do. And it's important to me. That sentence just like gave me goosebumps. I relaxed into myself. I think that's the goal because we spend so much time trying to do this, that, and the other and following this advice and that advice. And is it time to eat? Should I eat? What should I eat? We get so like out of ourselves because we're looking to the answer outside of ourselves. But really, when you lean into the intermittent fasting lifestyle, listening to your body when it comes to what foods make you feel your best, you're the expert on you. You lean into yourself, you relax into yourself. That is the goal for everybody, being empowered to know what makes you feel good. Don't read all the things telling you a million other things that you should be doing. Listen to yourself. Yeah. And it allows you to kind of, I don't know, it's like turning down the volume on some of the very loud voices that are out there that say, I don't know, you t- should take the weight loss drugs. And you uh, should do. And there's a lot of crazy voices out there. And I, I know you've heard them all. The weight loss drugs especially are making me really sad right now because I think of myself. Okay. the my, my Y'all know me. You know that I tried the HCG shots. I did weight loss, you know, pills that my doctor gave me. Phenermine is what I took more than one time, multiple times over those years, a long, long time ago, well before intermittent fasting. But I know the me that was 210 pounds and struggling, 
probably would be trying to get these weight loss shots because I was desperate. You know, I actually dreamed of if I could gain enough weight to be on The Biggest Loser. I mean, how how twisted is that? But that's, I felt like it was something I couldn't, I couldn't solve. And so I would be lining up for taking the shot. So anybody who's listening, if you've got that pull, I promise you there's another way. Don't you feel like your mental energy also, like, it's like having a, I don't know, big heavy hat kind of being taken yeah. off your head. Yeah, exactly. And then you you like are like, well, now what am I going to spend my time doing? Because you used to spend the time figuring out how you're going to lose the weight. And now that you've learned to relax into the process of intermittent fasting, you no longer have to worry about that. And so you can then devote your all that mental energy to something else. That's That's one of the most beautiful things about it. Yeah. I, but really, again, yeah. I'm not knocking anybody who feels desperate because I would have been the person same yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's not a one minute process. Intermittent fasting is not a magic wand. It's a, right. it's a process in the, in the truest sense of the word, but you really do blossom out through it on the other side. Sometimes in the community, I I'll read a post of somebody who's struggling and sometimes I'll comment back and it's just that idea that they're walking their own journey. We're each walking yeah. path. And so as if we can support each other on the, that path and also that we can be compassionate towards other people. You know, sometimes I, I know when I, I talk about intermittent fasting with essential oils sometimes, and I give talks about that and people will say, but I, you know, I'm just desperate. I have a wedding or right. I have this and you can feel and hear the desperation mm-hmm. and you, uh, you want to be able to say, it's going to be okay. You can. I, I think anything we do out of total desperation ends up backfiring somehow. Mm-hmm. If because if if we're if we're feeling super super desperate, we're going to do things that are not in our body's best interest. And that was the me before intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. I felt desperate for years, and so I, I get it because I remember being desperate and feeling that way. But you know, we we our body doesn't have a timetable. It's not going to you know allow you to lose the weight by the date mm-hmm. of whatever it is, but you can feel beautiful in whatever body you've got that day and, and lose that desperation and just learn to work with your body. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, so important. I, was, I think I was pretty lucky in that. I think the weight came off quickly. It was more the last, let's say six months when I was what I'm going to call managing maintenance yeah. where you kind of come to these ideas, but I feel like, you know, it's, you and everybody who's who's been in the community and also the the moderators it's almost like the idea of servant leadership right mm-hmm. that you all are kind of stepping up and saying you don't have to do this jen right tomorrow you could say you know what i'm done i, I i'm busy i want to go well i could i could i could retire from it all we're yeah. fine i've got right. book royalties coming in i could stop yeah. doing all of this i but you know what I love it though. I would I would keep doing it. What's the love what you do and you never work a day in your life? Right, I right. love supporting people. I loved being a teacher in the mm-hmm. classroom. I love helping people succeed with taking back power in their own health. I love it. I love doing it. You know, I've been part of a group, a health and wellness, I you know, mastermind group, and I've loved being part of that as well. But I also realize I don't need to do more than I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do more than I'm doing right now. And I don't want to do less than I'm doing right now. I've got that perfect, again, sweet spot of knowing what, what is right for me. And, and I love the work I'm doing. So That's thank great. you. It shows. It shows. Well, I, I really, really do. And talking to people like you, it just makes my day. Thank you. Thanks. So is there anything that you struggle with? I guess sometimes thinking, we talked a little bit about waking up and thinking, oh, I'll go make myself an egg for breakfast. That 
when you commit to that phrase, if you will, I'm an intermittent faster, you're able to get through those moments. I think it took me a while to say, I'm an intermittent, you know, I had to build that language or build those feelings. So that was kind of, I would say an older struggle, maybe less now, but there are moments when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, gee, I'd really love a blueberry muffin right now. <laughs> That'd be great. I get it. And telling yourself, I am an intermittent faster. Yeah. That, that's a powerful thing to say. Yeah. No. So for example, yesterday I had a long drive with my son and when we got to our destination it was sort of two plus hours on the way out and then another two and a half hours back. And on the way out, it was, we got there around lunchtime or a little later and we stopped and we had a sandwich. And in the moment I, I thought to myself, I don't usually eat now. I usually eat later. But I think the idea of breaking bread with my son and being yeah. there together with him and sitting and having a meal, and we had a lot of time. I mean, you have two boys. You know what it's like. You don't get the time, really, especially as they pass 21, to sit and communicate and really you know, be present for them. And so I thought to myself, okay, we can jump back in the car and just drink more black coffee, but what's going to be the... What's, what's the relationship here? And we're building, that's, that's, I think the biggest message, we're building relationships. We're building. I love that. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So I would tell someone to find the 30 questions at the back of the delay, don't deny book and work your way through them. If it takes you a day, a week, a year, as I mentioned earlier, I'm still going through them. But that idea of looking deeper into yourself and processing and writing it out. And then when you have a bad day, and doesn't matter what you say in your own journal, if you're afraid, I don't know, hide it in a place where no one's going to read it. But yeah. just that idea of work through those issues, because that's really, I think, what brings you to the other side so that you can say those words, I am an intermittent faster. So. I love that. And I know people are going to ask, Jen, can you send me a copy of those? I don't oh. have, oh, I'm not going to send you a copy. You're going to need to get delayed on deny. It's in there. <laughs> I do not have a free PDF of the questions. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do not ask me. It's in delayed on deny. You can get to it through the Kindle version or the ebook right. version or the paperback version. Yes. I, I think it's well worth the cost of that book to get those questions. I would say for a certain, yes. Because <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are like, which book should I read? And of course, if you're only going to read one, it's fast, feast, repeat. Yes. But there's a lot of gems in delayed on deny that I didn't put in there. It's more like me like talking to you mm -hmm. in, in that book. So mm -hmm. I would encourage people to, to give it a read and then you might get some things like Saturday is not a special occasion. It happens every week. That's out of that book. Yeah. That was a really important for my mindset and my shift there. Yeah. You know, that the fact that it's, it's your lifestyle. And so you have to find the lifestyle that, that makes it work. Yeah. And you can't, you really come clean in that book about your journey and your yeah. story, which I think for many people is so important and me included, you know, yeah. it makes us say, okay, you know what? Jin did it all. And no matter what I did, it's all okay. I can step over to something new. I can do something new and it's going to be okay. You, know, you have to keep in mind that I, when I started intermittent fasting in 2014, the obesity code wasn't out yet. None of these resources that I'm recommending people read were out yet. Every single voice out there said intermittent fasting works because you're eating fewer calories. Bam, that was mm -hmm. it. That's it. 
And no one was talking about health benefits of intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting was being presented to us as a way to eat fewer calories and lose weight. That was all. It wasn't until the obesity came out, obesity code came out in 2016 and the Nobel Prize winning research on autophagy came out and we realized that was upregulated by fasting. That was when we all started taking a closer look and saying, oh, there's more to this than just that we're eating less. And so if you look at, you know, the me that started losing weight with intermittent fasting in 2014, there were so many things that weren't being discussed. So I made some crazy decisions early in my journey because I didn't know any better. Well, I would do it differently now, right? Right. And I have to say, when I read, I, I so I read Obesity Code when it first came out. I was one of the first, you know, I was, I was on it. I read it and I thought to myself, I don't have a diabetes. This is not for me. Right. And I put it, and I put it aside. I did, clearly did not get it. Yeah. And now yeah. we know so much more. Well, Elena, thank you so much for sharing your story today. I have loved every minute of talking to you. Thank you so much, Jen. You've been, it's an honor and you're a blessing to so many. Thank you again. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.